Welcome to the Deeper Life Bible Study, coming to you from Identity Church in Deltona, Florida. Now let us hear the expounding of the Word of God, a now word for this moment. So grab your Bible, sit back as we delve into the Word of God, and hear the Logos and Rhema Word. Um, the event of Job took place in the latter part of 430 years prior to the dispensation of promise. Um, Judging from this in the time frame, the birth of of Jacob's sons, uh, Job's father, we suppose that Job died about 15 years before the exodus um, uh, from Egypt. It's based on the the timeline of Issachar, his father, was born of Jacob, and he was about 90 years old, and Job was born of Issachar when he was about 20. Job was around 70 when he experienced his trial, and he lived 140 years. You know, it's kind of right in the middle of your life, you get, you get wham-blasted. <clears throat> After that, um, we see the time of events and the testing periods. Um, if the book was written during the last 140 years of Job's life, the date of, of writing was probably 1843 to 1700s before Christ. The events took place in the land of Oz. There is, it is certain that Job lived before the law. I think it's very, very critical. Job was before the law. Moses had not given the law. Okay, so that's, that's critical. You've got to realize his convictions came from a relationship, not, not from the letter of the law. Okay? Um, there's no references of Jewish rites, manners, customs, religious ceremonies, priesthood, fest- f- festivals, feast, or Sabbaths. All the stuff that messes all of us Christians up. This is before all that. Okay? So I really think this is one of the reasons why, as I started studying, going, wow, that's pretty cool. There's no, there's no reference to those things. Um, uh, this is before the commandments of uh, the law from Moses. The reference to religion and God on the book make it clear that Job's religion and concept of God were the same as those of the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Israel before the giving of the law. Okay? So one of the things, when you, when you start to go to Scripture, you always go to the first place of mention. You know, if a word, like, like I preached on desire, what, three or four weeks ago? The first thing I did, I got on my computer and found out where was the first time desire was mentioned. The first time desire was mentioned is in the book of Genesis where he said to Eve, <laughs> and your desire will be contentious against your husband. I'm like, yeah, there's divorce. Right there. <laughs> False desire. Okay, so so I really believe it, it's it's critical, and, and there's some definitely. Um, it's not clear. Uh, you cannot fully prove that Job was the author. Uh, you can't fully prove that Moses was the author, but one of the two offered it. Uh, were the authors of this book. Um, in, in, in either case, or both cases, the book could have been produced during the 40 years Moses was in the desert. Whether Job wrote it or Moses wrote it, that's about the time frame that this book was written. Pretty interesting, huh? Um, that's, that's just some historical record uh, about the book of Job. I want to start line upon line, and I'm just going to share. 
You guys ready? Job chapter 1. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Um, it's interesting, it says that there was a man. If you break that, that scripture down, this is the same reference as in uh, Luke, where it says a certain beggar, a certain man. These were not myths. These are living human beings. So that's not a parable. It's not a foreshadow. It's not, you know, some mystical being. There was a man and his name was Job. So, so it's not some theory or some myth. Um, that was actually reference to um, the rich man in Luke 16. Uh, and it just confirms. The land of Oz is located south of Edom and west of, of Arabia extending to the borders of Chaldea. In these days, it could have been comp uh, com comprised of even uh, Arabia and Petra itself. And I've got all the list of scriptures. Um, verse 2, And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Uh, his substance was also... 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 5,000 yoke of oxen, 500 uh, she-asses. And, and it's even funny, they, they list she-asses because the she-ass was more valuable than the male ass. All value. Okay, didn't even get a chuckle. In the very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all men in the East. Say so he, he he's Bill Gates. He was Bill Gates, but he was upright and perfect. Um, his substance, he had a he had a value. If you took the the value in, in some modern times, he had a value of about seven hundred and ninety thousand dollars at that point in time. Um, Okay. He was the greatest of all men of the East. The word East there, um, let me break this down. Um, seven, the word East, the country in which Abraham sent his other sons away from Isaac. Okay. The, the word East is uh, Mesopotamia. The place men came from who cooperated, the Midianites and Amalekites. So in other words, what he's saying, when he's saying the man from the east, he's giving you the characters, the culture in which these people came from, the country where wise men came from, the country of Job, the islands of Media, Persia, Asia, Babylonian, the countries east of the Roman Empire that will fight against the future Antichrist in Daniel chapter 11. So when it says he, God's very specific on how he puts all this together. Verse 4, And his sons went and feasted in their house, every one his day. Actually, that's a reference to his day, most likely his birthday or his turn. And sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so that when the day of their feastings were gone about, and Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings, according to the number of them all. And Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned 
and cursed God in their hearts. Thus, thus Job did continually. It's interesting that, that, that this word sanctification here, as far as the biblical history is concerned, is the second reference to sanctification in the Bible. And as much as Job is no doubt the oldest book of the Bible and, and happenings recorded wherein took place before the time of the law of Moses or in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy, the first reference is to sanctification concerns the day, the Sabbath. He's sanctified a day. Your Sabbath, the day of rest, was the first thing that was, was sanctified was that day. And so, so the, the second thing that was sanctified is he sanctified his, his children. Um, okay. The first time it was sanctified was a day. The second time was a person. Verse 6 is a very tough verse. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. I'm going to break this down. you got to realize, this is, this is Job. He's an upright man. He's got the favor of God. Um, I, I think it's critical that this is the, one of the, the oldest book in the Bible, and it sets precedence. Now, there was a day. There was a day when angels in heaven came to present themselves before Jehovah. This happened twice, verse 1, 6 and verse uh, chapter 2, 1, implying that there are regular days in which angels do this. You're going to realize real quick, uh, before I get out of these first two chapters, how much the spiritual realm was involved in Job's time that we, the church, have become blinded to. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also with them. Does that just make your head go tilt? Okay. Um, implying that there are regular days in which angels do this. Worship on the planet heaven the planet heaven, as well as on other planets where there is life, there is no doubt carried on regularly as, there, as here on earth. Other activities on other planets where there is intelligent life and are likely carried on here also. For we are told in Scripture that the invisible things are understood by those that are visible. The reference is Romans chapter 1, 20, Colossians 1, 15 and 18, Revelations 4, 9 through 11, uh, Revelations 5, 8 through 13, Revelations 19, 1 through 10. Okay, so I, I want to talk to you about the spirit realm. Um, Satan was cast out. So I'm saying, well, you're, you're reading, we're reading out of the oldest book in the Bible, and what we're finding is that angels and the devil went and visited God. You see, we so let's let's go to um, all right. The words spirit and spirits are found five hundred and fifty-one times in scripture. 
from these references, the 290 times 297 times angels and angels are found, and from over 20,000 others about God who is a spirit being. We learn all there is to know about the spirit world, but the spirit world we mean all of the means all the various kinds of spirit being that inhabit the unseen material world in space and under the earth. I'm going to give you some reference. Uh, Philippians 2.10, Revelations 5.3, and Revelations 5.13. Here's here's 10 kinds of spirit beings besides God himself. Uh, The seraphim, Isaiah 6, 1 through 7. The cherubim, Genesis 3.24, Ezekiel 1.5 through 28. Uh, Zoa, or living creatures. Uh, There's a million scriptures there. Spirit animals shaped like fleshy ones we have on earth, and there's seven references of scriptures there. Archangels or chief angels who rule kingdoms and planets. Uh, Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. Uh, Common angels, demons, demon locusts, demon horsemen, the inner man or soul and spirit of human beings. You, you, you're a spirit man. So, so what is my reference here? We're a spirit being living in the natural. Okay? So Job is about to experience that realm influencing his natural life. This is what I want you to catch. Because if you don't, you're going to do what Job did, and, and, and you accept it as God's will, and I think the church went through a lot of that, that God would bring affliction, disease, afflictions and to teach us and train us, and we took it as God's will when it was the devil. This is my point. It's the devil. <clears throat> okay, the expressions of sons of God in verse 6, is used five times in the Old Texan, always of angels, as proved in uh, Job 38, 4 and 7, Genesis 6, 1 and 4. Both scenes here and in Job 2, 11, the 2, 1, are in heaven before the Lord. Okay. It does not say that. So it just says Satan, sons of God and the devil. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about the devil. You want to talk about the devil a little bit? Spirit beings. I, I was generally, I was talking general spirit realm. You have to discern which is who is who. Yeah. That's why you got to have Jesus. That's why you got to have Jesus. Um, let's see. Uh, 24, you, you want 21 facts 
about Satan out of that verse. He is a person with a personal name, personal acts, and personal plans to oppose God in the earth. That's verses 6 and 12, chapter 2, 1 through 8. He has access to heaven. We just proved it. He is the accuser of the brethren. He goes from place to place. Associates with angels. <laughs> Appears before God. He roams the earth. Carries on conversations with God. Singles out individuals hoping to destroy them. Hates good men. Recognize and envies the blessings of God upon others. This is the devil. Seeks to destroy fellowship between God and his children. Seeks to cause men to curse God and deny him. Is limited by God in touching his children. You got to catch this. Satan can only do what God allows him to do. God puts the limits. This is why you pursue God and, 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 and realize God's the one that puts the hedge of protection up. That's what the devil negotiated with God in, the, in these, this next chapter. <clears throat> Can destroy riches of men, destroys to the limit of his ability through the permission of God, has many agents on earth who will do his bidding, can send fire from heaven, <laughs> can control the elements and cause storms when God permits, is untiring in his effort to destroy good men. He is the propagator of sickness and disease in the body of men. The heavenly realm. The heavenly realm. That's what it said. It, it, no, no, it doesn't say that. It said heaven. So it might be the second heaven. I mean, it's not God's fire. It's probably a fake fire. Because, listen, if, you're, if you don't have the fire of God, which is a purifying Fire, you can have, you'll have a strange fire. You get fire from another source besides him. It's called strange fire. That's why they got in. That's why they got in trouble when they took fire off the wrong in, uh, altar in the temple. They called it strange fire. So you got to get the right fire. Just because you have fire doesn't mean you got his fire. Why? Because he 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 perverts things. Now, here, here's my problem with some of this book. I got to tell you, I wrestle with this. And the Lord said unto, verse 7, and the Lord said unto Satan, who said what? The Lord said unto Satan, whom, whom comest thou? Whence comest thou? When Satan answered, the Lord said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and escheweth evil, turns from evil. C can I make a small suggestion? Ask God to never brag about you. That's just a, just a small hint that I got out of this. Tell God, 
Please don't brag on me. Just love me. Any of this bragging will get you in trouble when God starts bragging on you because the devil likes to roll the dice and say, let's try him. He'll curse you. I mean, look at what has happened here. He's upright. He's perfect in all his ways. He prays over his raggedy children just in case they may curse God in their heart. I mean, that's a pretty good dad. And then God brags on him. Kind of ticks me off a little bit. Verse 9. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for not? 10. Hast thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the works of his hands and the substance in his incre- is increased in the land. They're, they're, they're having a bet. Verse 11, but put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself do not put forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Verse 13, and there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabins fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I am the only one left to tell thee. Verse 16. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I am the only one escaped to tell thee. Listen, <laughs> while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made three bands, fell upon the camels, and carried them away. Yea, the slain servants at the edge of the sword, and I'm the only one left. He's having a bad day. And, and if you look at the timeline, this wasn't a long This was back to back. You ever had this? It comes in threes. No, it comes in fours. Yet while they were speaking... Also came another, said, The sons of thy daughter were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and behold, a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young men, and they were dead, and I'm the only one left. There's only one guy that escapes every one of these calamities. <laughs> then Job rose 20 and rent his, man- his mantle, shaved his head, fell upon the ground, and worshipped. So, so, so what's, what's, what's the character of a perfect, upright man when all hell comes at you. And I believe I can say all hell. All hell comes at him. Why? God's, God gave the, the enemy the permission to touch the blessings of God, but not the man. Okay. That, that's the twist. God didn't do it. God allowed it. I, I've got that in my notes. We'll get there. But that's the twist. Is, is, is That's actually the accusation that Job eventually gets to. When, when, and this is one of his mistakes. I'll, I'll go down into the two mistakes that Job made. Verse 21, and said, Naked I came into my mother came out of my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. 
The Lord gives and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, there's a mistake there when you bless the Lord for demonic activity. There's this mistake. And, and I'm telling you, I believe I'm doing this study for me is because some things I've just tolerated and hasn't found the source of it and dealt with the demonic activity. You're awful quiet. An oh me, an oh me, an ouch, something. We have tolerated the devil, and I think it's in our um, uh, pursuit that God is sovereign, God is merciful, God is graceful, and there's times all those things apply, but sometimes we have put the wrong accusation, uh, the wrong event on God when it's actually the devil. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Mm, I disagree with that. Now, that's a bad day. Let's... Uh, Let's look at something here. Where did I go to there? 897. Two mistakes Job made. Claiming the Lord has taken away. 120, 120, the Lord has taken away. Then questioning, shall we not receive evil? That's in actually chapter 2, verse 10. He questions, should we not receive evil? Job was like many others who think that sickness, disease, calamity, and e other evils come from God, and Satan has nothing to do with them. Some declare that these are the heritage of believers, and those who go through them are in the perfect will of God. It is true that Christians experience tests of faith, persecutions, injustice, and trials of life, but they are not required to suffer sickness, disease, or poverty in order to be saved in the will of God. The test Joseph went through in Egypt, Stephen suffered from the Jews, Paul experienced the beatings, buffeting, dangers, pearls, slanders, lies, distress, hunger, naked stonings, imprisonments, wrecking, and others in 2 Corinthians uh, uh, 11. We're not the same kind of sickness, disease, and curses of sin and rebellion which Christ died to set us free. Nevertheless, these are also caused by Satan and evil men, not by God. This has got to be established in our hearts. Or we will actually take a beating where we shouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I've got out of my own study. I've become a peacemaker instead of a warrior. And there's a time for peace. But I'll tell you something, there's a time for war. And you've got to figure out if he's telling you to do war and get the devil off you and the devil's assignment. And I believe the Lord will pull his hand of protection just to get the devil to wake you up. How many have been knocked off your donkey? You'll do one or two things when you get knocked off your donkey. You're going to say, God, open my eyes. Let me see what happened. Or you'll walk around blind, wounded, and mad. And I believe the Lord will get, let the enemy knock you off your donkey to see if you're going to get the scales off your eyes and become a warrior and choose 
where's this evil coming from in my life? And you may find that you haven't sanctified, you haven't obeyed, and you've been using grace in a manner you shouldn't be. That was good. He was not responsible for the things which caused Joseph, Stephen, and Paul to suffer. God helped them to go through these things heaped upon them by Satan and his agents. Agents. It would be very ungodly for a father who would lead his son into such troubles for the particular purpose of teaching them a lesson, which could be taught otherwise. In other words, he's not going to teach you something evil. That's the, that's the devil. Do we learn? Yeah. But you, you've got to know who your adversary is. All right. Chapter 2, verse 1. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came among them and presented himself to the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, verse 2, from hence cometh thou. And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro the earth and walking up and down. Verse 3, and the Lord said to Satan, hast thou considered thy servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one who fears God, excuse evil, and still holds fast his integrity, although thou movest against him to destroy him without cause. Hello. Without cause. Sounds like round two, doesn't it? The devil got into a debate with God. He said that Job would curse him if he took everything, all of his blessings away. God said, try it. But don't touch him. Job actually comes through it, taking the whooping that he got, taking all of the losses. I'm telling you, sometimes you need to have a great loss so you'll actually understand the provision of God. And if you hold on to some of that, God will make sure the devil rips it out of your hands so that your faith is in him and not in your own works. He uses it. Someone didn't like that, but too bad. Let me tell you, when I went bankrupt, I went bankrupt. It, it hurt. Hurt my ego. Hurt my checking account. It stressed my marriage. Because, you know, a man who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. You know, the devil will tell you that scripture. And the man that has a failure and you can't put your finger on why, and God allows you to go through it. Susie, how long was it after the fact that we said that we actually did everything in our power not to go bankrupt and we should have done it 10 years earlier? How long did it did that revelation come? About two years. Two years after the fact, the things we learned, the things we faced, the the, the disciplines that, that got us have us today, we learned there that we fought tooth and nail that we probably should not have fought. We should have done it earlier. We should have done it with more wisdom. And I'm telling you, it, it, we found God in an area of faithfulness that you would never sign up for. <laughs> Who signs up for that? But God allowed it 
to teach us. And I'm telling you, if, if you, if you have a fear of money, you have a fear of things, you, you may be setting yourself up for God to go, Hey, if you're not going to put your faith in me, put your faith in this. I'll teach you. Have you considered perfect and upright man? So here's, uh, Here's, here's six agents, six agents that Satan used. The Sabines, fire from heaven, the Chaldeans, wind, the elements. In chapter 2, uh, verse 7 and 9, he used diseased and an ungodly wife. Those were tools of the devil. So you've got to recognize it's probably not your wife. It's the influence of the enemy on your wife. It's probably not your husband. It's probably the influence on your husband. And, and if you start attacking your spouse, the devil will hide behind that and, and, and let you attack something that's not him. Uh, the, 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 you know, wind, you know, the elements, a storm. This is talking about, about the weather right here, actually. This is specifically in the scripture, the whirlwind that came up. So that's what it's talking about there. Um, okay. Verse 4. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yeah, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Put forth thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. If you're not careful, you will read this, that, that, Satan, that, that Satan and God are in cahoots to the level that you don't think God's good. Okay, but, but it almost reads that they're, that they're in agreement. God and the devil are not in agreement but he did allow it. Okay? And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he's in thine hand, but save his life. Now, you can torment him, but you can't kill him. So when Satan, so went Satan forth from the presence, verse 7, of the Lord, and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his feet upon his crown, his whole body, head to toe, baby. Head to toe. And he took him a, a, a pot shear to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Verse 9. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Listen, would you, you, <laughs> after a while, it's like, curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of a foolish woman speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall not receive evil? See, that's a mix. That's a mix. Job had a mix. And all this, not Job's sin with his lips. 
Let's see. You want 20 proofs that sickness is from Satan? Glad you wanted it. I'll give it to you. Here's 20 proofs sickness is from Satan's work. Satan smote Job with sore boils. God turned the captivity of Job. Dumb men possessed with a devil in Matthew 9, 32. One possessed with a blind devil. If Satan can cast out Satan, he divides against himself. I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, Matthew chapter 12. A grievous vexation of a devil, Matthew 15. Jesus rebuked the devil, Matthew 17. Had a spirit of an unclean devil in Luke 4. The devil had thrown down in the midst, had had him thrown down in the midst, Luke 4. The devil threw him down and tore tear him in Luke 9. Casting out a devil, and it was a dumb a, a spirit of a dumb devil. Luke eleven. Satan was bound to this woman. You get the picture? You get the picture? This is the work of the devil. I think Christians, we've gotten so um lubricated with grace that we've been unwilling to be blunt and set the captive free. People that are tormented with depression, people that are tormented with disease and attack, where does it come from? Where does vexation come from? I just read it. The devil. It's time to cast some devils out. Jesus Christ, the spirit of liberty, lives within us, and we're going to have to become a little more militant and cast some devils out. There's 15 more proofs, but... so. Verse 11. Now, when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon him, they came every one from his own place. Eliphaz, the Timonite, Beldad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the, the Manathite, whatever. For they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to confront him, comfort him, <laughs> comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off, they knew him not. Well, I mean, if you look at some of the contextual things here, they think that, the, that he probably swelled up to twice his normal size because of the boils. They couldn't recognize him as a man. They lifted up their voices and wept. They rent everyone his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word to him, for they saw that this grief was very great. So their purpose is, um, it says, it says, Elphaz, the Timonite, was connected through Esau and Edom. That's Genesis 36, Genesis 11, Chronicles 1, 35, and Chronicles 53 of 1. The, the Timonites were famous for their wisdom, Jeremiah 49, 7. 
Eliphaz argued from the standpoint of human experience. We're going to look at that next week, their, their arguments. Beldad, the, the, the Shu, Shuhite, is perhaps a descendant of Shuhan, the youngest son of Abraham from Kator, the other wife, who settled east of Palestine in Genesis 25, 2 and 6. Uh, Bildad argued from the standpoint of human tradition. Okay? Zophar the, 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 um, was probably from Naaman in the, the southern frontier of Judah. He was the last of the three friends that Job had argued from the standpoint of human merit. So, so, so here's your three human experience, human tradition, and human merit. That was the opinions of his three. That's where they came from. And, and, and when, when I'm, I'm looking at some of this, I'm like, Lord, pfft, I'm probably all three of those guys. People come to me. I mean, they ask for counsel. They ask for a prophetic word. They ask for this. If I'm not careful, um, if I'm not careful, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them human experience, human tradition, human merit. They even sat for seven days and seven nights and didn't say a word. They were good enough friends to stay a week and not say a word. They came to comfort him. They came to mourn with him. They didn't know what happened. Let me, let me tell you something. I said this. I said this six, seven months ago. Actually, um, Sal Luis, when we went to Alabama, I got this word. Many of my people, the Lord said, many of my people think that they are part of the remnant of God. But until you're willing to be a remnant for a man, you're probably disqualified for being a remnant of God. Did you hear me? It means that many times a pastor or a leader has fallen. Everybody runs from him. I'm telling you that when I get close to God, God sends me to him when everybody else runs from him. If you're unwilling to be the remnant for a fallen man, you probably are disqualified to be, disqualified to be the remnant of God. And let me tell you something. I'm saying that strongly right now because the prophets of this nation are getting crucified the prophets, quote-unquote, that missed the word, people accuse them of missing the word, and they've actually repented to get some space, whether they did hear God, missed God, whatever, and people are actually threatening their lives. I'm going to tell you what God told me. Number one, you don't have an opinion in this season. Thank God I listened, or y'all be trying to, get them from not stoning me, but he did say this, you side with the prophets. He didn't tell me that their word was right. He said, you side with the prophets. And I'm telling you, the body of Christ, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you what's going in my spirit right now. Uh, the last couple of days, this has been stewing in me. Why did God allow this? I'm, I'm going to tell you. The problem is that I believe the body of Christ is supposed to be much more prophetic than it is, and we have a few stand-out 
prophets. And God has allowed this for the body to, number one, kill their idols. Number two, if he wants anything to increase that is godly, look at this system. He prunes it or it dies. If a seed doesn't fall to the ground and die, it won't multiply. If you want something to increase, you trim it back. I believe that, that what has happened, our prophets, some of them are literally, they feel like they're, they're dead. God's going to raise them up. God's, why? Because there's a scripture that says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You're a fool to come against a prophet. You be, you're coming against a friend of God, whether he's right or wrong or you agree or disagree. You're an idiot, a certified biblical fool to come against a prophet. Let God deal with his friend. And there's too much jaw jacking going around in the body of Christ. But I'm telling you, God wants a prophetic body, and he's let this thing sit to the ground and die. He's let it get trimmed back. Why? Because he wants the prophetic to be from the top to the bottom, not just eight guys up there. And these friends of Job, they showed up with human experience, human tradition, human merit. And the body of Christ is jawjacking because we lost our prophetic word. Or he, do, do you realize people have threatened prophets because they repented? Well, you repented, and now the word won't come true. Listen, even if he, if he repented and the word is still going to happen, it, God, God's going to be God. If he's a prophet and he spoke the word of God, leave the word in God's hands, not yours. Murdering the prophet is probably not going to make God happy. Scripture is very clear. Prophets are the friend of God. Let me tell you something. Anthony's my friend. I can pick on Anthony and get away with it, and I do, don't I? Y'all have seen it. But let me tell you something. I won't let everybody pick on Anthony because he is my friend. You can only go so far, but I'll step in the middle of it. I may talk to him behind the woodshed privately because I've earned that. But I'm not going to let some knucklehead just lay him out and get away with it. Why? He's my friend. I believe God does the same thing. And I'm telling you, I had no plans on going here tonight. But this is where the body of Christ is right now. we got some crises going on in the prophets, in the, in the prophetic realm. And the bottom line is he's let some of it die. He's let some of it get trimmed back because his, his real goal is for all of us to understand this realm. Oh, you're a prophet you see in the Spirit. Well, you're a Christian. Why don't you? Oh, because you haven't obeyed what you did see, and you didn't walk in the, into the friendship and become a friend with God. Get in the secret place and let him tell you secrets. The reason he don't tell you secrets anymore is because they're not secrets anymore. Because you run your mouth, oh, God, talk to me. Good, why don't you keep it to yourself and let it marinate and grow something up. I feel better already. I think I do. Wow. I may stop right there. Listen to me. I'm serious. 
I, 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 I guess I'm just going to go ahead. And, I believe prophetically God has showed me he's allowed what has happened to happen. Just like he allowed this with Job. What is the, what is the bigger purpose of what he did with Job? Would you, would you break down what happened to Job? The devil got into a rolling dice with, with God and God said, I, I can control the dice. I'll let you have as much as you think you need, but you can't do this and you can't do that. Let me tell you something. Your life, your breath is in God's hands, not the devil's. He's in control of that. So you might want to be friendly to the one that controls that. And everything else become aggressive to with the blood of Jesus and what the devil's doing to you. Is there a devil on every rock? Maybe then don't turn over the rock if you don't want to fight with him. But if you do, stone him. But it's time. But, but I really believe, I really believe, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, and I know that's being recorded, and I believe um, in the last couple of days of studying this, what has happened with the prophetic movement in America, God has trimmed it back. But let me tell you something. What he's trying to do is make the body of Christ prophetic and not just a couple of prophets. Why would you have to go to a prophet to get a word when he lives in you? He lives in you. The prophet of all prophets lives in you, and you got to come to a prophet to get, give me a word. I, I had somebody say, uh, I met with so-and-so, and she said, give me a word. I said, I ain't giving her a word. My Lord, talk to Jesus. And then there's people... Who, who, who you get a word for, and then they go, oh, that was God. Yeah. And then they go, yeah, God told me that. Why did I have to come repeat it? God's trying to fix the body right now. He's trying to give, make us a, a, a prophetic company of believers that can all hear his voice and, 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 and discern. Listen, I, don't, I, I understand Job's friends. There's people who go through stuff, and I'm like, my God, are, is, are they the certified idiot and caused this, or is this just the devil? And I'm telling you, there's times I said it was the devil, and they didn't want to fight the devil. Because I'm telling you, they get, they get under attack, and they get more attention being, I don't know, man, the devil just whooping my butt. And, and, and I get more attention, and people pray for me more when I'm just whooped up. They don't want to be healed. They do. You know somebody has got a new sickness? They heard, they heard it on a Twitter, a new disease. I think I got it. I think I got it. Going to the new disease prayer line. You, know, you don't have to be sick to get God's attention. We, me and Susie tell this story because my, my dad's dead now, so I can really tell it. We were at, we were at a, a meeting in Vero, and this guy did an altar call for uh, sexually transmitted diseases. If you got this disease and you've now become a Christian, you shouldn't have it. I mean, that's a pretty good altar call. And if you got herpes, come on up. If you have gonorrhea, come on up. If you got, well, we're sitting there and I'm like, my dad stands up. I'm like, we're on the front row and my dad's, and, and it's, uh, I'm like, what the hell you been doing, man? 
And he, and he sat there for long enough to where every, and everybody in town knows he, And then he finally walked off and went to the bathroom. But, oh, my God, he scared the mud out of me. I'm like, what in the world? Man, mama's been dead since 97. What you been doing, old man? But, <laughs> was, I forgot the point. It was just a funny story. <laughs> but, you know, the blood of Jesus cancels. The sickness and diseases that you got when you were unsaved. Mm. Does it? Then why don't we tolerate it? We would rather have the sickness and disease and the attention and the martyrdom than freedom and actually have to walk in your freedom. I can tell you right in this altar one day. I believe I had the power of God on me enough to heal somebody. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, he don't want it because he'd give up his disability. I heard it. I believe I had it in my hands. God gave it to me. He don't want that. Why? He'd have to give it, go back to work. What have you gotten comfortable with that you can't trust God for your freedom and be able to manage it in an adult manner. Am I making sense? All right. Been going for an hour. I feel good about it. Um, read chapters three, four, and five. And that's what we will lay out next week. Um, and then the following week, I'm going to, I'm going to hit some things and then I'm going to do, uh, chapters 39, 40, 41, but read it. But I, I believe there's really some principles. This is, this is the oldest book in the Bible. This is before the law. Do you understand? We live on a greater covenant. <laughs> we live on a greater covenant. And, and, and what Job got back from God, we should get in our prayer life. Lord, I thank you for this revelation. And, and Lord, I'm just going to, I said it prophetically, I'm going to repent for the accusations that the body of Christ has given to the prophets, the modern day prophets that have prophesied about Trump's two term. Lord, if, 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 it was, if it's still you, be God. But I repent for the abuse and the accusations and the attack that these prophets have taken, I, I, I repent for it. I command it to, to, to cease and desist that it's still the accuser of the brethren trying to destroy the relationships. But God, I see it that you're trimming, you're pruning, you're letting some seeds go to the ground and die because you really want to multiply the prophetic voice. You want to multiply the prophetic insight. You want to multiply your friendship with more people. Lord, the prophetic in the spirit realm is, is, is actually the realm that you want to have communion with us. And, and, and Job had this going on right underneath his eyes, and he couldn't realize it was the devil doing the evil, and you're still the God who does the good. But God, he got it, he got it right by the end of the book. So we're going to finish the end of the book. And we're going to get some things right. We're going to figure out how to cast the devil out. 
We're going to have to get rid of our human thinking, our human experiences, our human traditions, and we're going to kick it out right with the devil. And we're going to let the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of freedom, spirit of life, breathe upon us again. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to IdentityChurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.